This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Sharidia's commentary this week is called Realizing Individual Potential. And it starts with a quotation from Antoine de Saint-Exupéry. Only when we become aware of the part we play, even the most unobtrusive part, will we be happy. I was reminded last week of the old saying, we come into this world with nothing and we leave with nothing. So anything we have in this life is a bonus. That may be true, but as our commentary Abundance and Scarcity reported two weeks ago, it still leaves a huge amount of room for unlevel playing fields. It is a fact, however, that the potential to achieve great things is distributed fairly across all newborns, no matter what their background or gender. Nature, of course, leaves its mark, but the main source of relative advantage or handicap comes from nurture. This was graphically described by Saint-Exupéry in the epilogue of his book, Wind, Sand and Stars, the English title, which we recorded at Chair Radio a few years ago. A few years ago, in the course of a long railway journey, I was suddenly seized by a desire to make a tour of this little country in which I was locked up for three days. Cradled in that rattle that is like the sound of pebbles rolled over and over by the waves, and I got up out of my berth. At one in the morning, I went through the train in all its length. The sleeping cars were empty. The first-class carriages were empty. They put me in mind of the luxurious hotels on the Riviera that open in winter for a single guest the last representative of an instinct fauna, a sign of bitter times. But the third-class carriages were crowded with hundreds of Polish workmen sent home from France. I made my way along those passages, stepping over sprawling bodies and peering into the carriages. In the dim glow cast by the night lamps into these barren and comfortless compartments, I saw a confused mass of people churned out by the swaying of the train, the whole thing looking and smelling like a barrack room. A whole nation returning to its native poverty seemed to sprawl there in the sea of bad dreams. Great shaven heads rolled on the cushionless benches. Looking at them, I said to myself that they had lost half their human quality. These people had been knocked about from one end of Europe to the other by economic currents. They had been torn from their little houses in the north of France, from their tiny garden plots, their three plots of geraniums that always stood in the windows of Polish miners' families. 
I saw lying beside them pots and pans, blankets, curtains, bound into bundles, badly tied and swollen with hernias. Out of all that they had caressed and loved in France, out of everything that they had succeeded in taming in their four or five years in my country, the cat, the dog, the geranium, they had been able to bring away with them only a few kitchen utensils, two or three blankets, a curtain or so. A baby lay at the breast of a mother so weary that she seemed asleep. Life was being transmitted in the shabbiness and the dishonor of this journey. I looked at the father, a powerful skull as naked as a stone, a body hunched over in uncomfortable sleep, imprisoned in working clothes, all humps and hollows. The man looked like a lump of clay, like one of those sluggish and shapeless derelicts that crumble into sleep in our public markets. And I thought, the problem does not reside in this poverty, in this filth, in this ugliness. But this man and this same woman met one day. This man must have smiled at this woman. He may, after his work was done, have brought her flowers. Timid and awkward, perhaps he trembled lest she disdained him. And this woman, out of natural coquetry, this woman sure of her charms, perhaps took pleasure in teasing him. And this man, this man who is now no more than a machine for swinging a pick or a sledgehammer, must have felt in his heart a delicious anguish. I went on through these people whose slumber was as sinister as a den of evil. A vague noise floated in the air made up of raucous snores, obscure moanings and a scrapping of clogs as their wearers, broken on one side, sought comfort on the other. And always the muted accompaniment of those pebbles rolled over and over by the waves. I sat down face to face with one couple, between the man and a woman, a child had hollowed himself out of place and fallen asleep. He turned in his slumber, and in a dim lamplight I saw his face. What an adorable face! A golden fruit had been born out of those two peasants. Forth from these lumps of clay had sprung this miracle of delight and grace. I bent over the smooth brow, and I said to myself, This is a musician's face. This is the child Mozart. This is a life full of beautiful promise. Little princes in legends are not different from this. Protected, sheltered, cultivated, what could not this child become? When by mutation a new rose is born in a garden, all the gardeners rejoice. They isolate the rose, tend it, foster it. But there is no gardener for men. This little Mozart will be shaped like the rest by the common stamping machine. This little Mozart will love shoddy music in the stench of night dives. This little Mozart is condemned. What torments me tonight is the gardener's point of view. What torments me is not the poverty to which, after all, a man may be able to accustom himself as easily as a sloth. What torments me is not the humps nor hollows nor the ugliness. It is the sight, a little bit in all these people, of Mozart murdered. Only the spirit, if it breathes upon the clay, 
can create humanity. Helping young people to achieve their potential as an individual is central to them having a happy life and a key objective for those who believe in a more egalitarian form of capitalism. So this week, we focus on some initiatives which will help us move in that direction in the years ahead. There are currently two dimensions in our quest. For all adults, one of the opportunities for which we addressed in our commentary of the 21st of February, and for young people. If the former is addressed through our shares or stock for data plan, its relation to international business means that convergence in key areas such as regulation and administration will be necessary in order to provide equal treatment. But for young people, the key ingredients are some resources and life skills as they grow towards adulthood, and these can be addressed on a country-by-country -country basis. In the United Kingdom, it is only the Child Trust Fund scheme which sought to provide some resources on a broad scale for young people from disadvantaged backgrounds. They received initial payments from, from government, totaling up to £1,000 each. Over the past 10 years, young people in care have also benefited from the junior ISAs opened for them with an initial government grant of £200, opened and administered by the Share Foundation via its contract with the Department for Education. General government contributions into child trust funds ended in 2011, and junior ISA accounts have to be funded on a discretionary basis by families since then. There are now 6.5 million young people who are eligible to have one of these accounts, but in 2019-20, subscriptions were only received into just 1 million accounts, or 15%. This naturally represents wealthy families making provision for their own children, but in no way does it provide for intergenerational rebalancing. The logical solution is to divert part of the proceeds from inheritance levies in order to give young people from disadvantaged backgrounds a better start in adult life. But HM Treasury has been implacably opposed to such hypothecation for decades. One solution might be to incentivize those pre preparing their wills to allow for an allocation for the young disadvantaged. There is already an inheritance tax discount for charitable giving. Hopefully, the UK government will be more receptive to these proposals going forwards. Further analysis needs to be undertaken of such schemes for intergenerational rebalancing elsewhere across the world. And hopefully, this will be part of the SHARE research project in Cambridge. However, resources are only part of the answer. It's also important for young people to have the life skills to empower them to achieve their potential. There are more encouraging opportunities here on an international basis. A couple of weeks ago, I was introduced to a major international online learning platform called LearnDesk which appears to have achieved a considerable international reach. Organized from the United States and India, it claims to provide a route for achieving access on a global scale. It will be vital to offer this kind of access in order to address some of the wealth disparities highlighted in our commentary on the 4th of April.
However, there are many locations where access to online platforms such as these is limited. And that's where the second initiative, to which I have been introduced by Aberdeen, is also encouraging. Project Hello World. At present, it is providing solar-powered internet access hubs in several countries where online reach is very poor. Its dome solution, providing unlimited access for over a thousand people in each hub, is currently in operation in Ethiopia, Nigeria, Uganda and Nepal. Over 90% of all Hello Hub users say that the hubs have improved their quality of life. So, there are some encouraging signs in terms of both resources and life skills to bring more opportunity for disadvantaged young people to achieve their potential. And where it is possible to move them forwards on a country-by-country -country basis, it is once again the tech revolution which is providing the real opportunity for international levelling up. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. <laughs> 